Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual. Knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon or out of the pan. Those gender questions make you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And you can listen to three CR on eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU. And we're broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants, paying respects to elders past and present and acknowledging our LGBTI Indigenous elders, including sister girls and brother boys. And got the inspiration to play Bob Seger's Roll Me Away from the Distance from the early 80s up in Garyward um, during the week. Um, what an amazing, majestic place that meant so much to our original inhabitants. Now, you're going to want to get the contact details for the show today because... Um, by goodness, we've got um, um, something to give away. Haven't had this in a while. Um, tell you what it, that is in a second, but out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. Text in 61401 Um You can um, look for me on Facebook. Look for out of the pan on Facebook. You can tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. And it is my pleasure to welcome into the 3CR studio today a trans man who's had an amazing and long journey and I'm, I, this is where I, I say jokingly, I declare, declare conflict of interest, he's, an, he's a great friend. Michael Mardell, welcome to 3CR. Thanks, Sally. Good to see you again. It is good and, well, look, we did our pers- sort of personal catch-up because we hadn't seen each other in about 10 years um, yep. and we did have dinner with a couple of um, the crew last night which was pretty awesome, but um, gosh, a total journey. Now, um, they say a lady never asks um, or um, is asked or asks someone else their age, but I'm not a lady, I'm just female. (laughs) So how do we, do we ask if I can, and of course you are not obliged to answer anything, How? what is the total length of your physical journey on this planet to date? 18 years. Ah, physical? Or that's just the true journey? That's the physical journey. Right. This is when I got it. Okay. Total, <laughs> total time since emerging from a womb then? Yeah, 66. Right. Clickety-click. Clickety-clicks, 18 out of 66. So that's, I think, significant in itself, 48 years and, you know, not living as oneself. So if we're talking 66 years, as I try to do maths in my head, 1948? Uh, 97. Oh, 97 for transition, yeah. Yeah, sorry, the year, yeah. But, yeah, I was 48, yep. So it took me 48 years to actually get it. Yeah. I knew there was something, but I couldn't get it. Yeah, can we start? Well, we'll be logical then, start, we'll say, at the the beginning of life. Um, You know, were there, can you think, well, you know, I mean, going to school, all that sort of stuff, Um, what was, you know, in the 1950s? 
and yet you're knowing something is different to other people. Yep, you, you feel like you're, what is it, a round hole in a square peg or the other way around. Whichever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's sort of like you know that you don't fit in, you know that there's something wrong, but you don't know what it is. Yep. And and um, you kept getting girly stuff pushed at me and, and not wanting to, to play dolls and not wanting to wear dresses and, like, you know, I have nightmares about that. <laughs> well, look, totally and can totally, you know, as I, I now have, <clears throat> I now just say hashtag mirror when trans, say, trans men and trans women compare things and, and that's, of course, not, that is to totally acknowledge the existence of other than binary too. But, um, you know, you know, fit 13 years at an all-boys school, get what you mean, um, and all that stuff that you just don't seem to fit with in terms of gender identity or gender expression. Um, mm. Can I ask, if I can, how did you manage to cope with that? How did you get through it? I don't know. I um, I couldn't I couldn't gel with the people that I'd started school with in '54, but the people that came later, I I did gel with, and um, so I was good friends. But there was nowhere along the line that I could say that I'd had lesbian feelings for anybody. Mm. I I. The closest was the girl guide leader. He <laughs> <laughs> used to kiss us goodnight uh, when we were out camping. Yeah. At Britannia Park, probably. And um, we called her Lenny, the lieutenant, because <laughs> she was the second in command. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's probably the closest. And so it wasn't another... Ten years, everything's like a bit like in ten years. In ten years, I then fell for a female teacher. Right. We were at St Ambrose's Brunswick, which right. I think is a Muslim school now. Wow. It was Catholic then. And um, being brought up Catholic, I always got into Catholic schools, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but she didn't want to have anything to do with me. I didn't really express myself, but it was enough that I I knew that I wanted to be around her all the time. Mm. There was just, you know, some attraction. And, um, yeah, so then I had to go and find myself in the lesbian community of Melbourne, yeah. up at Gertrude Street, and they had a... They used to have get-togethers... And the first night I went to a meeting, it was over in North Melbourne then, Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't say boo to anybody. Yeah. (laughs) I just hung around and they had had a video or something about jeans, but it was (laughs) G-E-N-E-S. And uh, so it wasn't until the second time I went there that I actually started to talk to people and got involved with somebody and then they decided no they didn't want to be around me but they didn't want to be around anybody so it wasn't mm. just me so. right so then so yes yeah, so I was 10 years as a lesbian trying to find myself and having relationships and um and I was living at Black Rock I had my own little house behind my mum. 
Yep. Which you've seen. Yes. Yep. And um, so I think, um, yeah, I think it was meeting a trans woman. Right. That started triggering something. And I went to to um, Hairs and Hyenas in Smith Street with somebody. Mm-hmm. They wanted to pick up something. And this book, True Selves, just bounced out at me. And so I read it and thought, no, nah, it's my story. Yeah. And, th- and that's, the th- you know, there's the thing that, you know, as you said it growing up, you know, there was something, didn't know what it was. You got some degree of connection with a trans woman, then found a book. And that gave a greater degree of connection. And for the Hares and Hyenas fans, that was, yes, was when Hares was in Smith Street and is now, from memory, Richard Wynne's electoral office, which I think sort of seems appropriate given Richard Wynne's support for the LGBTI community. (laughs) Yeah. Good old Hares. Yeah. Are are they still there? Oh, no. They've been down to Paran and um, now are back um, on the north side in Johnson Street. In Johnson uh, Street. Which is right. Which is why I sort of mentioned that, just in case people think, but, 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 but where's Hairs and Yeah, no, it, at 45 Johnson Street. but right. um Near yeah. the pub there. Um, well, that's right. Not um, next door to, I'm not sure if, I don't think it's operating anymore. What was the Spanish club? Yeah. So yeah, there was a pub that um, was a dyke pub. Oh, Mainly now. girls turned up there and Marie Wilson would sing and... Oh, yeah. Now, this is where I I have this trouble with Johnson Street because there's various number 45s. There's the bit near Hoddle Street and then there's the other end near Nicholson Street. Right. I think they're near Hoddle. Yeah. Oh, well, that one was. But, yeah, this one's near Nicholson. So, right. Yeah. So, so, and you've hit a point that, you know, that was where, you know, the, you've hit on the venues that things change and things morph. Yeah. In fact, there was a lot when I first came out. There was a lot of dances and stuff going on. Yeah. I don't know whether it's much now, but back then it was like, you know, every night of the week you'd go out. And I, I was teaching at Mentone and um, I think I probably went out every single night and <laughs> had a good time. And there was Pat's Pub in, in um, Hyatt Street, Richmond. I think it's Richmond. Mm-hmm. You know the one? Um, oh, which is possibly now DT's, if it wasn't then, on the corner of Church and Hyatt? No, no, ah. it's not on the corner. It's sort of down a little bit. Ah, okay. Yeah. No, don't anyway, some, somebody else took it over, so mm. we didn't go back. Well, that's the thing, and I think that actually digressing for a second, having a discussion this week, we, you know, yes, we've now got internet, social media, and people connect a lot that way, but we don't seem to have... It's not even so much a pub or an underground club. We just need like a queer club, like the equivalent of an Irish club or a Lithuanian yeah. club or a Jewish club or whatever. So people can go like we used to go to pokies and, and um, yeah. pennies at uh, the Prince of Wales. That's the thing. And maybe, you know, whether it's shows or not, just have a meal, have a chat, yeah. um, you know, um, brainstorm how we, you know, keep moving forward. But we need a space for ourselves on an ongoing basis. And it's really about... I think now as generations shift, it's about, and the, the tribes, as I call them, are less separate, you know, just a space for everyone, rainbowish and sex positive-ish and all that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, we need that space. they tried to do that at the lands, didn't they, in Lonsdale Street? That's right. Um, was that, I can't, I think so, yeah, and it just... Um, but I don't know whether it's still going. No, not a lot. 
So, yeah, yeah we need our spaces and they're important for us to yeah, come and out. And Bliss for Women is no longer there. I had a checkout in Lonsdale Street. So Maureen's gone somewhere. Online, yeah, as Online. everything does, yeah. So, yeah, we need our spaces because they do help people come out and even in this day and age of internet. We'll get right to the meat of your journey after we have another track. Um, okay. And that was total. maybe that was subliminally rehearsed um, because the track that I've picked next is Tommy Emmanuel, The Journey, 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au. Um, Sally, you're on Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Michael Mardell. The wall of sonic plethora. All a weighty sound. Strains the foundations of the apartment. The apartment apartment of of sound. sound. Once a week the weight. Will be slightly alleviated. As the engulfed pair play a smattering. Of the heavy sounds that surround. The The apartment apartment of sound. sound. 11pm Wednesdays on 3CR. This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55 a.m., Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change. It can keep changing. 3CR, 8.55 a.m., digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally and guest Michael Mardell, we had um, the Tommy Emanuel track, The Journey, that um, from the compilation, The Very Best of Tommy Emanuel, um, from 2005, I think. Uh, my, my eyesight is telling me. No, 2001. Get, the new glasses are working, seriously. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Michael, we got to a point um, before Tommy Emanuel of True Selves, um, you know, which is um, purchasable on Amazon. Amazon, um, uh, Understanding Transsexualism, as it was called then, um, released in about 1996, as you said, by Mildred, Mildred Brown and Chloe Roundsley. Where did that lead to? That was obviously, you know, one of those real yeah. marker post moments o- in life. Open one's eyes. Yeah. Well, I wanted to change straight away. Yeah. Like, yesterday, mm. what do I do Anyway, my friend said, you've got to go to the gender clinic at Monash and mm-hmm. contact Dawn yep. and um, go from there. And she said, I could go and see Dr. Norm at um, the Paran Clinic and get some drugs, mm-hmm. androgen. Yeah. Anyway, he only prescribed tablets. Right. Which are useless. Ah. Yep. So um as uh, as 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 is the gel. So anyway, I got a trans man to come with me yep. and talk to normal and said injections that's the only way to go, sustenance. So um he did that and um a nurse, a former nurse, gave me the injections 
once a fortnight, mm-hmm. and um, and then after a while I got used to it. So I had it pretty well down pat where to get all my needle stuff from for free down at uh, Moorabbin. Yeah. And then, um, of course, the sustenance from the chemist. Mm-hmm. And I would do it in my right thigh, being right-handed. Yeah. But then my thigh became a cork thigh and oh. I couldn't dig it in. Ugh. So I had to do the right buttock, which I think only once that I actually, that the needle... Not the needle broke, but was connected to your syringe. It came apart, so I fixed it up pretty quick. And now when I have reandrin, mm-hmm. which is every three months, I, in broom, I um, suggested to the nurse that he heat it, the, the reandrin. It makes it flow better uh-huh. and have two needles a big one and a little one. Mm-hmm. One, the big one to draw it up, number nineteen and number twenty-two, three, whatever, to inject it. Now, didn't want to, you know, didn't take any notice, mm. and whatever they do, it bloody hurts. <laughs> yeah, I'm just taking some deep breaths over here. I, I can live with the occasional um, blood, you know, blood sample for cholesterol tests, and that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, we apologise to anyone who's needle phobic. I'm um, in the in who's <laughs> listening. Um, any BDSM players who are enjoying it, that's good for you. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, and and, that, and that's you know, I think you've hit a point there that you know that was where are we? We're getting into late nineties, early noughties. Yeah, and yet we've still got a lot of the same issues for trans people, and I think it might almost be fair to say, or even more so for trans men, in terms of. Access to hormones nowadays, maybe even more. It is. Yeah. It is because Canberra has said no. Yes. No, no good saying whatever you, the doctor said. You have to high, high, high something. And anyway. Yeah, you've got to have to do to with androgen anyway. Yeah. So, so what, because we don't have an endocrinologist in Broome, I had to go next door to the hospital get give blood then make an appointment mm. and this is this has taken like two months yeah make an appointment to see the, a doctor mm. and um and then I'm at limbo now because I'm hoping that this doctor talks to my doctor and gives and I can get the script and I go back in September so I haven't had androgen for a while and my and my sideboards are starting to fade away. Oh. Well, we can't have, can't have that. I mean, yeah, what, what would the seventies say to that? But um, you know, the seventies era of sideboards. But um, you know, but can, so can I just check, clarify something? How long since you know? Not you were saying you, you know you want to have your reandrin injections every three months. Is, yeah. the, is the ideal? So what's the, when? What's the gap at the moment? At the moment, it's about five months, and we'll get to about six. Six by the time I get it. So it's just it's just one of those things. The doctor explained mm. that some doctors were prescribing reandrin, looking at the levels for an eighteen-year-old instead of looking at the levels for a forty-five-year-old, which mm. is obviously a lot less. Um, and I mean, I don't think I've got any testosterone in me at the moment. It'll oh. be all washed out. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, just to give the background on this, yeah, so it came into effect April this year. It's become more difficult to get testosterone because some people, you know, there was somehow someone thought it was being abused in some ways. And so you now have to go to an endocrinologist and yet no one thought about the implications for trans men, um, particularly, you know, let's say beyond major cities like inner Melbourne, inner Sydney, that sort of thing. And so your story is typical of the trans ignorance that, the higher end of the health profession and whoever regulates it um, just didn't even think about. Yeah. yeah, and I really love it when the doctor says something about my prostate and I say, I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> or when I when I had my heart flutter, the, the nurse gave me a men's, a male wee bottle mm. and I said, oh, I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Do we ask the reaction? <laughs> Uh, she was pretty good, but I think my wife Dot she um, she must have said something to her because then she came, the nurse came back and said something about being transgendered that she knows some people blah blah blah. So she was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's on my patient history right. that I have to hand out because I'm on warfarin. Mm-hmm. I have to go every couple days have a blood test. So that's like joy for joy, like you know. <laughs> It's up and down like a yo-yo, yeah. And I don't know how much me to have, but um, so yeah. I think once when people know, they're not going to be giving you the wrong bottle to have a wee in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that you've you've struck a few points. I mean, on this trans healthcare issue, you know, there, and there's a been a story. There's stories going around, mainly American, but I think very similar to Australia. Um, hashtag trans health fail, where people have got trans people and gender diverse people have got bad service from health professionals in one way or another. And I think, you know, it's a very big issue. Yeah. Um, But, um, you know, I think the other thing that came out of that story is if you've got a health professional, you know, if they, you know, as I always say, if their cousin's neighbour's second second stepchild came out as trans and they've just got a bit of experience, it's not this sudden shock factor thing. And that nurse sounded like, you know, one of the better ones because she just at least was aware of it. Once people are aware, they go, oh, okay, rather than... "Ah!" (laughs) <laughs> which can happen. Mm. Or they, or they, you get the health professionals that won't treat you. Yes. Well, like that Southern Comfort film. Yes, from a few years ago of the... That's a few years. Yeah, 10 years or so ago um, of a trans man in America who was just not being treated for a particular health condition. And, yeah, um, well, very sad consequences, definitely. Yeah. He mm. died. Yes, he did. He uh, could have lived a lot longer if they'd treated him. Yeah, and of course many other situations um, where trans people's health and life are threatened by lack of also dignified and respectful health care. You know, possibly, you know, one of the biggest issues for trans and gender diverse people on the ground. Yes, we know of law reforms that we need, but in terms of what we'll call social social and day-to-day support, I'd almost be almost willing to stick my neck out and say that's the biggest, um, and particularly for yourself as someone who lives in Broome. Yeah, yeah regional. really out of it, but yeah. no, I've got a good doctor. That's cool. Yeah, well, after I told him I didn't have a prostate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He well, looked at me as if to say, what? <laughs> and I think I just said, I'm a trans man. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah, and he was cool. Yeah, it, look, it, you know, I think often it can be, you know, look, yes, it would be nice if every health professional was totally had trans integrated into all of their practice. 
But I also think sometimes when they don't, you know, and they, there's, you know, that one slip where they say something like that and you can come back and keep it calm and even humorous. So I, again, hashtag mirror, I got once got at the old Carlton Clinic before, you know, in, in the late 90s, didn't see my regular GP and she goes to me, have you had a pap smear lately? <laughs> and as a non-operative trans, I said, no. And she said, why not? I said, well, I'm a non-operative trans woman. <laughs> and we were both able to laugh. Um, yeah, yeah. But I knew that it wasn't meant in a transphobic way. And I don't like this. I didn't mean it, but I can give people one slip, you know, that sort of thing. And so hopefully she was in a better position next time to think about that. So, yeah. um, you know, it's good that you're able to deal with it that way. Yeah. I, only, I think I've only had one doctor that was... I suppose, negative. Mm. He said, why are you taking it? It's not just to get your beard. Ah. And I felt like saying, well, yes, it's one of those things that helps people to see me as I want to be seen, but yep. I just let it ride. Yep. Sometimes it's easier not to, mm. not to uh, say anything. Yeah, But, yeah. I mean, the testosterone does help out with the hirsuteness of one's face. yes. But it hasn't helped me with going bald. Mm. I can't go bald. Like the two guys last night, they were going bald, but I'm not. But I've got, um, I think I'm getting a bit of a peak and then it goes backwards on either side. So there is a little bit, but not much. And I've got a first cousin in Perth and he he's still pretty square and he's about 70. So I think it's... Uh, Mardell thing, mm. don't um, don't go bald. Yep. Um, well, I'm you know look, there's lots of con- I I can't resist. He's pretty square. What? There's lots of conservative people out there. No, I didn't say. <laughs> All right, we've got lots more to talk about. We'll have a breather, um, and we've got a, you touched on uh, meeting Dot, and also I want to find out how you did end up in Broome um, after being in Melbourne for so long. But, um, yeah, because that will be part of how your life goes on, which, funnily enough, is the next track by Becky Cole. (laughs) And we're also going to tell people how they can win a copy of your um, publication, The Diary of a Baby Dyke in Transition by Michael P. Mardell. Um, So stay tuned, everyone, and we'll be on with the second half of the show with Michael Mardell next. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally and journeying guest Michael. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Life goes on. Uh, We've got plenty of um, um, life of Michael Mardell to talk about still. Um, We've one we've got to go back on, actually, which is how we met, but also how we go um, some things in the last few years. Um, And the one we just mentioned in terms of going back, we sort of first met really in the late 90s when... Um, you know, transgender Victoria formed, and someone who, of course, is a dear friend to um, to me, um, Kayleen White, and I were involved in silly enough to try to meet with politicians in those yeah. days. Yes, liberals even. Even yes, we met. Ooh, we met with liberals. We probably had to go into meetings wearing um, hats and long overcoats and sunglasses because <laughs> um, in case someone saw us. But no, no seriously, um, there were some nice ones. Leo, look, credit to Leonie yeah. Burke and Andrea Coote in the, in the early two thousand. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you got a good memory. Yep, um, Leonie, of course, retired about all. Oh, um, well, lost her seat in 2002, and I've lost track if Andrew's still in there after the last state election. My apologies um, either way for not knowing that. But um, the thing is, um, yeah, at that time, gosh, um, without, you know, 
um, when things were, there was still a lot of transphobia around. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's how we sort of met at that time. And here we are coming up for 15 years on in <laughs> October since it was, it came in. Yeah. Scary. Scary things. But great. Great. You know, it has, I think, you know, look, you know, um, the fact that that legislation got on the board made a big difference in Victoria. And um, now, of course, we've got federal law as of August 2013 as well. So, you know, it is progressing. But um, you mentioned, um, you know, um, just in the last segment, you mentioned the person who became your wife, Dot. Yeah. Thanks to... Sally? <laughs> yes, in one of my rare Dexter the Robot moments, um, I invite Dot to come along to a Transgender Victoria Committee meeting to talk about fundraising. In the next minute, there you are. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, how, how is that? Because you talked earlier about the relationships and obviously, you know, you couldn't, re- you know, it's st- probably a very, a trans story that still needs to be talked about for, you yeah. know, a, you know gener- a lot of for a lot of trans people, particularly earlier generations. You know, you talked about how when you were, well, so I'll say in inverted commas, trying to live as a woman before you knew about being a trans man. Yeah, it wasn't quite making sense. And by this time, you transitioned and you met Dot. Um, so, you know, as much as you want to talk about how what was that what was that like to meet yeah. someone? It was. Um... I was actually busy taking notes when she came along to that meeting and I said, <laughs> I don't think they've ever taken you up on anything that you said. But um, we went for drinks afterwards mm-hmm. and um, and then I thought, I should have given a hug goodbye. I should have walked her to her car, but I didn't do anything like <laughs> you, that. You suave gentleman, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> bit slow. So then I thought, She's an interesting person. Mm. How do I get in contact with her? So I waited for you or somebody to say thank you, mm. and there's her email address. <laughs> so I was right. I emailed and I said, how about we meet? No, she'd prefer to email a bit more. Then we did meet, and it took me 50 minutes to find her because she asked me to go somewhere in Sydney but I wasn't familiar with it, mm-hmm. and I had to be near a Caltech station. There was just happened to be one at Melton and at, or near Melton and one at Sydenham. So we eventually did did see each other for ten minutes. She had to go somewhere. I had to go somewhere. So the next time we met, about a week later, same coffee shop. I got there half an hour early. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make sure I didn't miss. Anyway, so she says. Well, you've got me for the rest of the day. I, she said, I don't have anything on. Um, Rody, rody, rah. And so she followed me around and I did a few chores and we had something to eat. And she was worried about running into a former lover that lived in Footscray. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, and that night it was one of Carol's dinner parties. Oh, yeah. So I Carol. dragged her along to that. Yeah. <laughs> So she met lots of people. I think Kayleen was there and you were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few others. So she um, so she got a look-see about, you know, the trans community, the the goers. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully not. Yeah, not the, the you know, she wasn't too scared. No, any kidding. <laughs> no, no, she wasn't, no. Mm. So I eventually had a conversation with her about a good girlfriend of hers. Mm-hmm. And they could have actually got together because that girl had been with a woman. 
mm. and then had broken up. Yeah. And Dot said that, you know, if if her friend had come on to her or something like that, she may have mm. reciprocated. So it was sort of like she was being surrounded by people who were quasi dykes. Yes, or and rainbowish, as we might say, yeah. Yeah. What's the word? Rainbowish, yeah. I, I say now. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so us getting together physically happened about the 9th of June or July. Yeah. And you've been together ever since. And Yeah, and now she's dragged me over to Broome. Yeah, well, <laughs> how the heck did that happen? Um, well, she she decided it's about time that she earned some good money, mm-hmm. so she was going to go to Queensland, but they sacked about 3,000 social workers. Oh. So that really was not an opening. <laughs> yes. So she talked with some friends, and she was actually babysitting their kids last night while they went to Perth. Anyway, so they said, come to Broome, blah, blah, blah. You can, you know, hang out in our caravan and yada, yada, yada. So she did that. Mm-hmm. So for six months, she got herself organised in that she got a permanent job. She got a house subsidised. And what else? She got a bomb of a car, but we got rid of that. As you Gave do. it away to TAFE, said the boys and girls can work on it. Yeah, so she's managed to get herself promoted, but there's been something happening with the government and I don't think she got her pay rise in that position mm. or not as much. But you're over there now, yeah. Yeah, so, but, yeah, she likes it and she's talking about not coming back to Melbourne. She wants to tour Australia like I did. Yeah, <laughs> which leads to a couple of questions, I mean... Go back to school and not knowing, and now you're just journeying around Australia. Um, you know, could you have had a vision back then at school that, you know, life would have ended up the, the happy way it did? No, yeah. absolutely no idea. All I knew was I did not want to get married. Yeah, in the tra- As we'll a female. <laughs> as a female in there, we'll say, we'll say in the traditional sense of that <laughs> word, yeah. Um, yeah. So when I did get married, I did it at Black Rock Beach. Yeah, which is where I um, used to go swimming and mm. had all my friends and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Symbolic. Very, very much so. Now, you've kindly offered a copy of The Diary of a Baby Dyke in Transition. I don't know how to give this away because we never really, I never really do this on 3CR <laughs> a lot. So, look, if someone wants it, you know, um, well, just I'll do it as quick, the best way I can. And we only have the one copy if you really, really want to get a copy of this, email out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. Text six one four zero one zero seven eight nine eight one. Pop something under the to the Facebook post on my page today. Um, they're the three. Whoever gets that done first, um, or if you're listening to the podcast and no one um, listens in today, or the on demand, or all the other ways you can listen to the show, um, just we have a copy for someone who wants it and the journey of. A baby dyke in transition. All right. Just to have a couple of quick messages and then we'll come back and wrap it up and make way for Freedom of Species at 1 o'clock. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Michael Mardell. Join us for the launch of Greenleaf Radio. 
a new wing of the People's Media on 3CR. Featuring a massive lineup of radical beats and rhythms from Ezekiel Ox, Davinia Providencia, New Dub City released the dub's DJ set, Ray Pereira and Kanchana Karnaratna on Afro Lankan drumming system, and Pressure Drop. Friday, August 21st at 7 p.m. at the Kindred Studios, 212A Whitehall Street, Yarraville. Full bar and Sri Lankan feast available from 7 p.m. $15 full and $10 concession. Proceeds go to 3CR and Green Left Weekly. And don't forget, you can catch Green Left Radio Fridays from 8 to 8.30 a.m. on 3CR. G'day, this is Ozzy Butler from Astronomy Class. You're tuned to 3CR on 8.55am or 3cr.org.au. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Keep community radio alive. Peace. Enjoy. 3CR, 8.55am, digital, 3cr.org.au. That's where you are listening in various ways. You could be listening to the first broadcast of this show between noon and one Sunday afternoon, or you could be listening to um, on-demand podcast or the repeat at 5 a.m. Wednesday. There's all sorts of ways to listen um, to the show. Um, Michael, you know, we touched just there, you know, just before we had a quick break there, um, you know, the idea that, um, you know, life turned itself around. There was confusion, you know, you didn't want to wear dresses and... Now it's all turned out all right. Didn't not how expected. You probably didn't expect <laughs> to end up in Broome, but um, what if you had? You know, if, let's say you were talking to, well, say a, a trans trans and gender diverse person of any age now, but particularly say a younger person, and they said, you know, what what was it? So what would you say to them? I suppose is a thought that's just come to mind. Just do it. Just do it. You can do it. Yep. Yep, I noticed that um, in the literature and elsewhere that teenage boys and girls are being given beta blockers. Beta blockers, right. yep, yeah. yep. So that they don't um, have their, their, how do you say, their hormones and everything else going the wrong way. Mm, mm. And that seems to be more and more common. Yes. Like a lot more. But for some reason, kids are noticing at a younger age. Now, is it because of media that kids think about it or they just know that they're not in the right body and they want to do something about it? I remember fighting with my mum over wearing a pair of shorts on a cold day at Wheeler's Hill. <laughs> I wanted to wear the shorts. I don't care, cold shorts, and I think I won. <laughs> <laughs> and another time, I got my hair cut like a boy's when I was like grade one. My, at Blackrock, they had the girls on the left and the boys on the right, yep. and I went to the boys. My mum was horrified. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the only two. Oh, another. T- I can remember another time. Maybe when I was a teenager, dressing up in my deceased father's overcoat mm. and his hat, but not wanting to go outside yep. in case someone saw me. Yeah. 
and another time <laughs> I went bare-chested to the to the neighbours um, and I was like 13. Mm. So <laughs> I think uh, they sent me home. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a, a wonderful song by um, singer Dar Williams um, talking about gender and... Um, um, she, what is it? She, I went out to play. Um, I went out um, bare-chested and she goes, a neighbour said, you'll get your shirt. She says, no way. Um, <laughs> and I just, it's one of the, to me, I'm not sure if it's written for tra- trans people, but it's one of the best songs about gender I've ever heard um, and often still brings me to tears. But you've hit a point that in terms of the puberty blockers, I think, you know, look, it's media, social media, internet, all that sort of stuff and just... I think we've now got a, a generation of parents <clears throat> who have seen some change. I mean, I think yeah. my, my parents, it's all good now, but you know, they were born in the 1930s, married in the 60s. It just wouldn't have crossed their radar that anyone no. could be trans, let alone their own child. And now we've got generations who are more aware of everything to do with rainbowish. Yep. And it's not such a big shock or there isn't the extreme prejudice that there was. Yeah. And I think that's why people are coming out younger and the evidence, you know, from 10 years ago, one young person on puberty blockers at the Royal Children's Hospital here in Melbourne, it's now 250 year and accelerating rapidly. Um, so, yeah, people are just more aware and there's more support yeah. as we, you know, see a lot of, as you say, in the media, which I think is welcome. Yeah, but unfortunately I'm sure there are parents who are not supportive Yeah, and don't take their kids along. That's that's the sad part. It is still there, and of course, you know, the, how many of those out there? Well, there are a few. And look, um, the, the front got to say the front cover of this month's MCV um, has Eric Locke on it, um, who, a young trans man who did go through that was had to get away from home, otherwise his parents would have put him through conversion therapy. Yeah, and that's in the last two years. So yeah, there's still a lot of people there, and it does show show up. You know, I think it talks about gaps in homeless service, but <clears throat> um, there are some supports, Home Ground, Hanover, to name a couple. Yeah. Um, and also Y Gender are often good at at least finding a couch for someone. Um, the fab people <laughs> at Y Gender, um, the young trans and gender diverse group, uh, one of the many groups in Melbourne that meets. And I just want to quickly run through, because uh, we're running out of time, um, group things that are coming up. TG Meetup at DT's this Tuesday. For polyamorous people, the discussion group at Palookaville, Bent TV Friday night, um, and also um, a group that's coming up. You're um, hopping into FTM Shed in a couple of oh, weeks. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Heard all about that last night. Yep. We're going to have the speech pathologist. That's right, for trans men. And if I have it right, that's two Teaching weeks. Teaching us how to speak deeper. That's right. <laughs> I've forgotten how to. I've forgotten how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that's two weeks' time. On um, the twenty third. Mm. Yep. So, um, if people want to meet you, um, trans men in Melbourne, and just have it, maybe you know, um, have a chat um, at some point there before or during the interval or after, you'll be there. Yep, Michael. Look, I, I honour your journey. I think it's incredible. Six, you know, Thank you. Sixty six. Um, we don't. You know, it was interesting when we put out a call recently for older trans men um, to, you know, contribute to resources. You know, there's just not a lot, as Andrew Eklund and Dale and all the gang in the shed will tell us. And you're here and you're doing all right and you've got a good life. And I think that's a really cool thing for trans and gender diverse people, particularly trans men, but mostly for you. So enjoy. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure. And, well, got a track that, again, sur- surreptitiously planned. Well, 
um, Colin Hay's Beautiful World, which I think is a good way to go out, where he talks about swimming in the white brackets. We'll dedicate it to you swimming at Black Rock (laughs) in days gone by. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, everybody. I'm Sally Goldner. Thanks to our guest, Michael Mardell. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.